Are you ready? Yeah. Are you with it? Yeah. Okay, let's go. You know what to do. The whole world's watching and counting on you. And all you people listening out there, everybody, everywhere. Hang on, hang on, hang on! Welcome to Checkered Past, a loving postmodern examination of the Go-Go Check branded comic magazines published by DC Comics between February 1966 and August 1967. I'm Dr. Bob, and each week I'll be your guide on this trippy tour through 535 mid-century masterpieces of graphic noveldom. This week, The Adventures of Jerry Lewis, number 97. Cover date, November, December, 1966. Cover price, 12 cents. Cover artist, Bob Oxner, edited by Murray Boltonoff, featuring Batman Meets Jerry, written by Arnold Drake, art by Robert Oxner. Are you ready? Are you with it? Then away we go-go. Witchcraft out of town, Jerry and Renfrew join in on the latest craze, dressing up as superheroes to imitate their favorite show, Batman. But then, the real Batman shows up. Confused? Don't worry, I'll be right back with Dr. Husband to explain everything. Now you got It's Jerry Lewis. It sure is. I was just actually saying hi. Um, what a weekend. I'll say, my goodness, it's been a whirlwind of activity. I'll say, well, yesterday we went to the very Baltimore Comics Con. The very Comic Con in Baltimore. Sorry, you corrected me. It's Comic Con, not Plural Comics Con. We met up with Billy from Magazines and Monsters, and we met Mike from Golden Age Comics. And his lovely wife, and... And uh, we met a former student of ours, a former student uh, of mine, right, Isaiah. Yes, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and uh, you probably saw us. We were the ones in black t-shirts. <laughs> That's funny, because you and I um, went our separate ways inside the building, yes. uh, in the in the hall, and I, and I was trying to find you, and I said, we picked a bad day to wear black t-shirts. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and you... Supported any number of independent artists. Oh my goodness! I found my niche. I well, it's say your so. fault. What now? Well, you know, the last twenty years ago, when we went to Baltimore Comic Con, I couldn't have cared two shits about being in that room. I right. just was like, whatever. I did it for you, you know, yes. and I had a good time supporting you and being there. But I was just like. Not interested. Well, 20 years later, let me tell you what. I now look around and I know things. And Mm -hmm. I know that most of the comics retailers there are bringing DC and Marvel titles. And that's most of what they have. And, of course, I am interested, as I've come to know, in the independent contemporary comic book creators. So I seek out... Let's call them graphic novels. Graphic novels. to be safe. So I, well, I mean, I, I have a collection here, but I mean, yeah. mostly they're in small, you know, I get, you know, like four or five of them at a time. So yeah, anyway, yeah. so I went around and talked to any number of new uh, independent comic book creators. So here I have my first one that I'm reading um, from Blood Moon Comics. And this guy is based, I believe, in New York City. And... Um, uh, it might be Brooklyn, and it's called Hunt Leviathans, and the title on the cover is called Rancho Perdito, Perdido, sorry, 
And the first story is uh, written by A.L. Camacho and Wilfredo Lopez and Sabrina Paola and Laura Kellogg, or it could be Laura Kellogg, and Hector Sevilla. And so I specifically was looking for stories that weren't <sighs> your sort of traditional hero story. I was looking for really other cultural right. stories. So I got uh, some great comics by some guys in Atlanta by uh, a guy in Connecticut, um, by this writer, I don't, I, I, I'll, I'll tell more as each week goes by as I read these titles, but this is two, uh, two um, heroes, uh, uh, brother, sister, that hunt, um, they hunt monsters or leviathans, uh-huh. dragons and such, in, and they're both um, uh, um Latino or rather Hispanic heritage, um, so it's really really cool. It's and it's lots of like there's Spanish and English mixed into it. It's really really fun, um, and it takes place in uh, starts in Texas and then it goes into Mexico. And then the other stories are talk about uh, uh, leviathans that are being hunted in in uh, uh, China and stuff. So it's really really a very very interesting graphic. It's actually a collection of of, of shorter stories. Right. So really cool. Love it. So anyway, had a great time. How about you? Yes, also had a great time. I bought some bootleg DVDs of old 70s TV shows, which uh, I realize now I paid too much for. But you only go there once a year, right? Right. Or once every 20 years. No. I was surprised. I mean, you hardly spent any money at all. I mean... Oh, no, I spent as much as you did. Oh, you did? Yeah. Oh, well, I, I texted you. I said, I've got to stop. I right. went there with a $50... Allowance. You blew through that. I in the blew first through that right 10 away. Minutes. Yeah. yeah. Um, now I will say, twenty years ago when we went, it was a very different experience. There yeah. was only, to my recollection, only one person in costume twenty years ago. I'm sure that just that's just how you remember it. But but I, there must have been more. But it was the place was just teeming, jam packed. Yes. And uh, then we came home yesterday, and then today, of course, I started my semi, not semi annual. I, during the school year, I work at the church, so I started that today, which is yes. Like an and, hour and I a half put drive. on my Hazel costume. Yes, and I went to town on this house today, didn't I? You did clean and clean and clean, and I went out into the yard, and I'm I was exhausted. We went to your students. Um, went to my students' recital, senior boys' senior recital, boys and delightful. we were. Coming home, and we said we just don't have it in us to we do a at podcast our, today. Exactly. But we rallied because we rallied. for you, listener, we did also. To, to be honest, listener, we looked at our our uh, yeah. schedule this week, and we said, uh we don't have any time for the rest of the week." Correct. No like I'm going to be home at eight fifteen on this night, this night, and this night from work. So we said, "Nope, let's do it." So we pounded some caffeine. In. <laughs> <laughs> you know who likes to stay busy. Which craft? Yes, Jerry Lewis, Jerry Lewis Batman, and Robin. Batman and Robin, the whole gang, the whole gang, everyone mm-hmm. in Jerry Lewis number nineteen or no, ninety-seven, mm-hmm. the adventures, quote unquote, of yeah. Jerry Lewis. And guess who's guest starring? Well, you wouldn't believe it, folks, but Batman and Robin and the whole rogues gallery of their criminal. Uh, compatriots. You don't actually have to guess because it's right there on the cover that a dynamic duo face their daffiest peril. It's, it's a ho-ho homicide. When Batman meets Jerry. That's correct. The cover shows Batman and Robin busting in the door of Joker's health club. Mm-hmm. Joker, who looks surprisingly swole, uh, has a laser beam headed down the sun lamp table where Jerry Lewis is lying getting a Suntan. And he says, Hi, fellers! You won't have to wait very long for the sun lamp. I'll be done in a second. Shirtless Jerry Lewis. I never thought I'd say that on the podcast. By the way. What? um, Well, first of all, I'm going to reference a friend that you know exactly who I'll be talking about, who it wouldn't surprise me if she walked into the room and said, By the way, (laughs) did I ever tell you about the time I tagged Team Dean Martin and Jerry Lewis? (laughs) But the reason I thought of that is because have you seen that photo online of Jerry Lewis and Dean Martin showering together? Well, I, I, I just recently saw it. Because well, because I showed it to you. You showed it to me. I but, didn't know it existed. Uh, it does exist. It recently sold on eBay for $4,500. I cannot believe it. Uh, you can't. Jerry Lewis has a modesty hand in front of his 
uh, business. As far as business. But Dean Martin does not. No. And Dean Martin was not Jewish. No. I can guarantee that. <laughs> but they're showering together. They're showering. Well, you know, it was probably Life magazine or something. They were always shooting things like that. Like yeah. Promo things. I don't. There was nothing going on between Jerry Lewis and Oh, Dean no, no, Martin. no, 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 no. Except showering. Literally yes. just showering. Literally. Yeah. You know, men did that back in the day. They had no modesty. Oh, they also used to swim naked in pools. It was all, yes. all men, you know, like yes. in school. If you, if, you, if you had a pool in your school, you would just swim naked. Yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't have. I would have oh, no. found a way to Oh, I'm sure. That. You would have had explosive diarrhea every class. <laughs> right? I'm sorry, I can't. I have explosive diarrhea. I mean, I literally did. That was my experience. Are you turning school, me up or down there? I don't, I'm just trying to make us even because it oh. seems like you're louder than me. That's because I have the microphone really close to me today. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mine's closer to me than yours is to you. <laughs> the whole country is caught up in Batmania. That's true because by this time the Batman television show would have been on for, let's see, probably six months by this point. Yeah. This is cover date November 1966, three months ahead. So it's uh, probably Batman's just coming back from its summer hiatus and has just restarted in the autumn for its second season. So how could such a delightful epidemic miss our favorite kook? Of course, they're talking about Jerry Lewis. Yeah. Holy schizophrenia. It didn't. Batman meets, meets Jerry. Bong, bong. Yeah. Uh, on the splash page, Jerry Lewis is serving as the tongue of a giant bell. Mm-hmm. That Batman is ringing. Uh, he is hanging by a rope with reporters and Robin and autograph hounds also hanging on the rope. And uh, they're asking Batman to sign autographs before he rescues Jerry Lewis. Right. Art by Bob Oxner. Story by Arnold Drake. We had a story by him last week. Lettering by Stan Quill and coloring by Tommy Nicolosi. Mm-hmm. Now it's a sad day in the Lewis home. As you'll recall, Jerry Lewis's nephew Renfrew lives with him, as well as their maid, Witchcraft, who's an actual witch. And it seems Witchcraft has to leave and go visit her sick sister, Mm -hmm. her aunt. Uh, Renfrew is delighted. Mm -hmm. He hates Witchcraft. He's always playing tricks on her. And uh, the only way she's going to leave is if they can prove that they can feed themselves. Mm -hmm. So Renfrew gets to work. Dresses like a little French chef with a little, what do you call those, paper hats? Chef's hats? Nope, I'm sure there's a special name for it. It's called a chef's hat. No, but there's a special name. Yes, a hat <laughs> that chefs wear. Okay, well, agree to disagree. <laughs> he brings out all the silver, all the chafing dishes, and uh, opens them up to produce his dinner, which is a can of crumbles, baked beans. And Kook's Cornflakes. Mm-hmm. I had to look this up. Do you remember Wacky Packages? No. <gasps> what were they? Oh, you're a little too young. They were like, you know those uh, bubble gum, that, the cardboard bubble gum, but it would come with stickers or cards or something? Mm-mm. Like baseball cards came yeah, with yeah. a stick of hard Yes, gum. okay, yes. Yeah. Well, Wacky Packages were like little uh, products, like... Let me think of one. Like instead of crest toothpaste, it would say crust toothpaste, okay. and it'll make your teeth crusty. And, oh, okay. Uh, instead of Tide dishwashing detergent, it would be Tide T I E D, and so it'll oh. tie you up in knots, stuff oh, like that. Okay, okay. It was I used to be crazy about the wacky packages, oh. stickers, and I would get them. And I was studying piano at the time. Uh-huh. And I would put the Wacky Packages stickers all over my little John Thompson's grade three piano books. Oh, you're kidding. They're, no, I'm not. Oh. They're a delight. That is precious. That's a precious story. I know. Oh. Anyway, I had to look up because this is exactly their brand. This is exactly what a Wacky Package would be. Okay. Um, the Wacky Packages started in 1967, so... Mm. Right I'm wondering time. if Arnold Drake had a, or Bob Oxner had a inside scoop. Mm. And now for the piece de resistance. Chicken, Chicken licking, licking delivered right to the door for $1.19. That's a whole freaking chicken. <laughs> so, uh, of course, uh, Witchcraft says, you don't, you're right, you don't need me, just a stomach pump. So, uh, Jerry Lewis, let's get her out of this house. Jerry yeah. Lewis is uh, telling her that she's got a, her bus has to leave. She packs. 
and uh, we learn that he has insisted that she travel by bus, not by broomstick. Mm-hmm. And uh, nonetheless, she flies out the window on her broom to get to the bus. Mm-hmm. That doesn't make any kind of a sense. Well, what also doesn't make sense is what happens to the bus at the bottom of the page. Uh, yes, because then she makes the bus fly off into the air. Mm-hmm. That's going to draw some attention. Yes, as we know, this is a very common trope at this time with you know the 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 witchcraft shows like I Dream of Jeannie and and um, uh, Bewitched. Mm-hmm. Like all these women with special powers are being kept down by their Caucasian oppressive overlord husbands. Right. Yeah, they have to hide their powers. Yes. Yes. That's why gay men are crazy for Bewitched. Because in the 60s, they had to hide their powers, too. Oh, yeah. Sure. Now, witchcraft is gone. Renfrew runs back home and has somehow constructed a giant Dagwood sandwich. Mm. Bigger than he is, which he's shoving into his mouth. And he's got mayonnaise all over the floor. It's at the bottom of the the thing. Uh, You know, that would give me the worst heartburn, but wouldn't you love to eat a sandwich like that? Uh... No. I mean, it looks delicious, but the reason it's delicious is because there's too much meat on it. Yeah. If you could put more vegetables on, that might I could go for that. Mm. Or I'd probably save half for later, honestly. <laughs> now, what's Renfrew doing? He's watching television. He's watching Batman. Batman. And Robin. And Robin. And the Riddler. Mm-hmm. Now, we discussed last week my discovery that these comics, such as Jerry Lewis, Bob Hope... Uh, what did we read last week? Plastic Man. Mm-hmm. One could assume Sugar and Spike mm-hmm. are taking place on Earth 12, <laughs> which is an Earth where certain Justice League members exist. Mm-hmm. The Inferior Five would also f- fit into this category. Okay. Perhaps Angel and the Ape, which we haven't gotten to yet. Thank God. <laughs> I'm sure it's awful. No, it's terrific. Oh, yeah, I'm sure it's good. It's <laughs> great. Anyway, wow, ow. tough Ooh. crowd. What Ooh. happened over Ooh. there? Oh, I had my leg crossed and I just hit my ankle on the wood. Oh, that hurt. Okay, I'm good. Uh, that all these people do exist on this earth along with certain superheroes. And as we'll find out in a moment, uh-huh. well, I'll, I won't reveal it yet. Nope. Uh, Batman's fighting the Riddler on his television program and Renfrew gets the idea that he and Jerry should also fight crime. They should become caped crusaders. Luckily, Renfrew has already put together some costumes with utility belts, and he's even come up with names for them. Ratman and Rotten, the boy blunder. <laughs> uh, Jerry Lewis is wearing a Mickey Mouse uh, Poor Jerry Disney Lewis. World. He's Mickey got two 50-pound weights tied to his utility belt. Oh, he barely weighs 50 pounds dripping wet. Mm-hmm. As you can see in that photograph. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, Renfrew's got it all figured out. He starts swinging on the chandelier, which falls to the ground. And uh, a la Batman and Robin, he takes a rope and climbs up a side of a building so that a washed-up celebrity might pop out and talk to him. <laughs> washed-up celebrity? I guess they weren't washed up Julie at the time. Julie wasn't they... washed up. No, I'm talking about, you know how they'd climb up the building and then Sammy Davis Jr. would pop out of the window and oh. talk to them and mm. Richard Nixon, whoever was on that week. <laughs> uh, but the only person popping out this window is the next-door neighbor who's going to call the police. Mm-hmm. So like Jerry... Mrs. Kravitz. Yes. Jerry and Renfrew engage in some, are you ready for this? Parkour. Oh, Remember, I didn't know that word before. It's true, parkour. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, And they do get picked up by the police, who assume that they are the robbers of Copper's Fish Market. And the diamond watch from Hobbs Jewelry Store. Yes. And uh, the police sergeant pulls someone, one of the other police aside and says, you've got to let these fellows go. They're just another pair of nuts trying to imitate Batman and Robin. That's the sixth case this week. Sixth this week. A lot of fathers and sons in town are doing it. And all the crooks are trying to become costumed villains. Doing it, doing it, doing it. Remember that song? 
Doing it, the banana split, y'all. No, I don't. Um, so one guy called himself Br'er Rabbit and hopped off with a carload of carrots. Nice gag. Another dressed up like Santa and stole six reindeer from the uh-huh, zoo. Uh-huh, mm-hmm. uh-huh. Now, when Jerry and Renfrew return home, Jerry urges Renfrew to forget all about this costumed crime fighter nonsense. Besides, there's not a crook within a zillion miles from here. Oh, well, that's what he thinks. Oh, yeah? There's this... Character dressed up on the on the standing on the roof of the house next to them says, "He he he, that should be the Worbly Mansion." Unless I took the wrong turn on the fourth roof from the corner. Now I'll just hop down their chimney. The kangaroo strikes again. Ha ha! Well, jokes on you, kangaroo, because when uh, Renfrew and Jerry were climbing up the side of their house, we learned that there is no chimney on their house. And in the next page, the kangaroo man yes. falls through the ceiling. Right. Through the ceiling onto Renfrew's bed. They're going to need to have some serious roof work done if if the weight of a human collapses through the ceiling. Well, you know, Jerry lives in Beverly Hills. This is probably like Mary Pickford's house or something that hasn't been renovated since the 20s. They're trying to preserve its historicity. Yes, so... So it's probably in much in, in need of much repair. Yes. Yes, okay, so... Renfrew is, of course, awakened and says, Hey, you sap, didn't you hear my uncle? Uh, Jerry, see, there's no chimney in this house? Well, I don't know how long that kangaroo person would have been standing around, because that would have been hours ago before they were arrested and taken to jail and then let go. Hmm. Kangaroo assumes that Renfrew is, that he's still in the Whirly Mansion, and Mm -hmm. that Renfrew is the Whirly Kid, which means he can kidnap him and get a ransom instead of stealing the family jewels. And the kid says, Listen... I'm Rotten of the crime-fighting team Ratman and Rotten. And you have the nerve to call me a nut. So, Uncle Jerry to the rescue. He yeah. says he's dressed in his costume. Yeah. He says, hold it, you nasty villain. Drop that boy or I'll let you have it. I'm Ratman. Uh, Rat, uh, Rat, Ratman. Ratman. Mm-hmm. Um, now, the <laughs> Jerry goes after the kangaroo. We find that the kangaroo has a sidekick mm-hmm. in his front pouch. A small version of an adult, which would mean it's a child, I suppose, yes. or a dwarf. Um, a little person. So A very little person. Kangaroo <laughs> still has Renfrew in his arms, and he's going to make his escape. And he throws his kangaroo, uh, or no, Jerry throws his ratarang. Which, which smacks him right in the face. Yeah, comes back around, hits him in the face, and then he wakes up. He's tied up, and he hears a noise from outside the door. Someone's coming. And we see a hand taking the gag out of Jerry's mouth, and he says, Thanks for de-gagging me, sir. Wow, it's you! And reveal... Batman and Robin. My goodness. The real, live Batman and Robin. Um, now... Now, we've seen them on television. We have. So this is not the television, uh... Actors. These are these are these are the real Batman and Robin. Correct. The actors on TV are actors. Yes, as we'll learn here in a minute. Now, Batman and Robin have been fighting these father-son uh, superhero teams, not fighting them, but helping them get out of trouble, like mm-hmm. Catman and Kitten, uh, where they got stuck in a tree. That, and there was a real Catman, and I don't know if she was. I think it was Cat Girl, but it was father daughter. Okay. Fighting crime. That and was then they have Fatman and Tubbin, who uh-huh. tried to enter the Lincoln Tunnel and got stuck. <laughs> Good gag. Yeah. Uh, Batman and Robin are exhausted. Mm-hmm. But Jerry says, you've got to rally. Maybe they need one of those coffee drinks that we had. <sighs> that we earlier. had, yeah. Uh, we've got to save Renfrew. Do you, though? Do you? Really? He's a good uncle. He tries. So then we go to part two of Ratman Joins Batman. Yes. And poor Robin's just like... He's still He's propped up. up on a bed like a teenage girl with a telephone. Right? And, yes. I did get a kick out of all these names. Flatman and Ribbon, the taped crusaders. <laughs> who nearly hung themselves. Sadman and Sobbin, the crying crime fighters, who almost drown in their own tears, and so on and so on. Ever since that TV show about us, we've had to spend all our time saving our imitators. <laughs> Jerry goes, yeah, sorry about that, but we've still got to save Renfrew. Look, here's the clue that the kangaroo dropped. 
What's got four wheels and flies? Oh, garbage truck. What's black and white and red all over? A newspaper. A newspaper sign. That's Robin yawning. That's Robin yawning and sighing. What's big and red and eats rocks? A big red rock eater. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, Jerry goes, what do the clues mean? They're not clues. They're just old riddles. That's another thing that TV show did to us. Crooks keep throwing old riddles at us. Terrible, awful riddles. When will it end? Well, Uh, I hate to say this, but Batman sounds like an old complainer. I'll say. some old... You know, some old grandma. Grandma, yeah. Get with it, Batman. Now, the last clue, the kangaroo said, I've got to get back to my hideout at 37 Ranger Street. Now, Batman and Robin get into some shenanigans where they don't understand how important the clue and how unbelievably relevant and simple the (laughs) Right. (laughs) It was not even a mystery. Here comes Robin playing Encyclopedia Brown. Let's see. Ranger, Granger, Danger, Manger. So now, later at 37 Ranger Street, the Crooks Hideouts. Yes, hideout. little, little baby kangaroo boy mm-hmm. is playing Monopoly with Renfrew. Did you grow up playing Monopoly? Mm-hmm. Did you like it? No. Why? Because it took four days to play? Yes, four days. Really, it could take four days to play a game of Monopoly. And yep. why are they making little children learn about international finance? I didn't know what to do. Because I just wanted the little plastic houses. I just wanted to be the hat or the car. Yes. And yes. My, oh, I was always the dog. My sister would buy and sell me a million times <laughs> over. That's not fair. Right. So there, uh, so okay. I guess the the the, the costumed uh, kangaroo character is cheating. Yes, he says, "Of course, I've got to cheat. If I'm going to grow up and take over my father's business, I've got to practice being a crook right now." No wonder nobody ever plays with you. Anyway, where's your dad? He went out to get salami sandwiches. Oh, what's that's what I had for breakfast? Why can't we have steak or something? So is that Renfrew. I know, right? Well, he was captured. Well, still, you don't go to the prison and. Say, so, uh, can I have steak? Unless, Unless it's you're your on last meal. Right. Right, right. So he says, so if we were that rich, what do you think we'd be stealing? You know what the top costume criminals steal, says the, says the kangaroo yeah. kid. The biggest ruby in the world. Diamonds with curses on them. Valuable paintings. So who's rich enough to buy that stuff from us? So we've got closets full of it. And all we eat is salami sandwiches. And they have, like, property of Cleopatra, Leonardo da Vinci, 14-karat gold. They've got a lot of treasures. I always wonder about that black market art stuff yeah who's gonna buy it right and then if you want to buy it you want to show it to people so you can show off how rich you are exactly right right yes well stupid criminals so Renfro does point out something very clever he says why doesn't your old man steal something small uh what and ruin his reputation Ha ha, I missed landing on your property bill by one space. Yeah, because you cheated again. You keep saying that, I'll get even with you, so see? He ties up Renfrew and gags him. Yeah. Well, he should have done that hours ago. <laughs> we what do you want somebody to play with? Someone should have done it several issues ago. Right. Meanwhile, Robin is still stuck on this clue. Stranger, Granger, Danger, Branger. Branger, that's it. For example, you had the Riddler cornered till he picked up the club and picked up a club. What? Picked up a club and Ranger? What the hell is this? I don't know. Nothing else rhymes with Ranger except, of course, Ranger. Wait, that's it. The kangaroo's hideout is at 37 Ranger Street. Good thinking, Robin. Now, Jerry is delighted to get his first ride in the real, true, 100% genuine Batmobile. Beg to differ. Well, this could be the Earth-12 Batmobile, but everyone knows this is the cool 1950s Batmobile with a giant bat head on the front of it and a submarine dome. An interesting reveal of a really important secret happens on this page. Yes, which I alluded to earlier. Yes. They're they're riding in the Batmobile. Yes, Batman says, I've only got three months till my car note is paid off. On this machine. And Jerry says, Batman has to borrow money to buy a car, but in real life, you are Bruce Wayne, famous and wealthy rich man. And then Batman doesn't even shrug it off. He goes, sure, but as Batman, I haven't got a penny's worth of credit. It took me three years to get a bank that bank loan. So this is weird. In this universe, yes. not only are Batman and Robin being played on TV, but everybody knows Batman's secret identity. And they would all... 
by default, no Robin's secret identity as well. Right, because they watch it on TV. Yeah. There's an adorable story from the 1940s. So in the 1940s, there was a series of Superman cartoons by Max Fleischer, who mm-hmm. was did all the great, like the 3D Popeye, you know, Sinbad the Sailor. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a story in a Superman comic mm-hmm. where Superman and Lois go to the movies and are watching one of these animated shorts. Mm-hmm. And so <laughs> Clark, well, no, Clark and Lois go. And so Clark has to keep like spilling popcorn and stuff to distract Lois every time it comes on screen that Clark is changing into Superman. (laughs) It's really cute. Anyway, back at the secret hideout of the salami gang, which won't remain secret if they keep eating that garlicky salami. Renfrew's about to tell Mr. Kangaroo how to run his business. So Renfrew starts to get into the criminal enterprise. Yes. He says you should sell, steal things that are easy to sell. Uh, now, how would you go about this, Renfrew? Well, first, I would draw a diagram of the target area. So he brings a blackboard over. You, He draws a warehouse. You might have to blow the door of the warehouse so you need some explosive, which they have dynamite right there. Then you'd have to threaten the night watchman. I figure a Tommy gun would be good. For, a Tommy gun would be good for that. So, the kangaroo miniature kangaroo brings him a Tommy gun. Yep, they've got one of those. And then he needs a nylon stocking for a mask. They just happen to have a mannequin leg laying mm-hmm. around that has a nylon stocking on it, which they stole obviously from a shop window. So Renfrew is leading the kangaroo gang. Out of their kangaroo's hideout with a Tommy gun in his hand, a stick of dynamite tied around his neck, and his face inside a stocking. Yes. Now, Batman arrives and pushes the ejector seat button so that the three of them fly up into the air. Well, Jerry Lewis was supposed to to press the shoot drag, the drag shoot. That's what happens. Instead, he represses the... And, oh, and, and also Batman does, he says, I said the second button, you press the third, which is the ejection button, you stupid idiot. Uh, I mean, you impetuous lad. And Robin says, that's another thing about this job. Batman's never allowed to get angry. They're afraid it would corrupt the youth of the nation. Well, that's one thing. He never got very angry on that program, did he? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, they're still out to save Renfrew. Gosh only knows what that kangaroo gang is doing to him. He's only a boy, you know. Now, inside, the kangaroo asked Renfrew what he'd do if he ran into Batman and Robin. He says, I'd shoot him up. Right, tat, tat, tat. Okay, just then, here comes Batman and Robin. In that running pose that they do at the beginning of the credits of the Batman Indeed. TV show. So, so Batman says to Renfrew, who's got a gun pointed at him with a stocking cap over his head and TNT around his neck. Yeah. Son, don't you realize an experience like this could warp you for life? Um, I used to have a little metal garbage pail. In my childhood bedroom that had that Batman and Robin running on it. Yes. Wow. I wonder what ever happened to that. Your mom probably threw it out like everything else that was precious to you. Yes. So um, Robin says, let me try, Batman. Uh, Young minds need a special approach. Here's my special approach, kid. Drop that gun or I'll give you a nose full of knuckles. He wraps up his fist like he's going to punch the kid in the face. He should. Uh, Now, reason doesn't work, Batman reveals to Jerry. But Jerry knows one threat that might work. Indeed. If you put that you put that gun down this minute or I'll telephone witchcraft to come right back home. No, 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 don't, please. Uh, Renfrew panics and feigns amnesia. He has no idea where he is, he and when, says. When they all look around, the kangaroo is gone. Yeah. Gone. Uh, what's that syndrome where you... Uh, Start going along with your kid. No, 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 no. no, no. Uh, uh, Stockholm Syndrome. Stockholm Syndrome. That's what Renfrew's pretending to have. Mm -hmm. I don't believe it. Mm -hmm. Well, Um, it is Batman. So Batman says, as for you, kangaroo. Well, the kangaroos escaped while they Mm -hmm. were all quarreling. And uh, Jerry figures out that he must have slipped off while they were busy with Renfrew. And Batman says, good thinking, Lewis. And Robin says, gosh, he rarely says that to anyone but me. You should be proud, sir. Then something weird happens. Of course, this is a 
wacky. It's so. Earth 12. Mm -hmm. That's all we need to say. All of a sudden, outside, here comes uh, little Nazi Rolf with a telegram for Batman. <laughs> telegram for Batman. Telegram for Batman. Over here, boy. I'm Batman, as you may have suspected. <laughs> And he gives it, he goes, he takes the telegram, he goes, thank you. And here you are, son, a genuine Batman club button for you. Jeez, Jeez thanks, thanks, big spender. Now that may seem unrealistic, but I have personal experience when I, uh, a fellow at my church is a NASA scientist and was uh, chief engineer on the, uh, what was the, Nep not the Neptune, the Pluto probe, New Horizons. I think so. something I can't remember what it was called, even though I was a huge fan of the whole project. Uh, but I was just mentioning it one day at work because it mm -hmm. was about around the time that it was about to go fly by Pluto. Mm -hmm. And he goes, oh, here, would you like a sticker? He just pulls out the stack of mission stickers out of his pocket. And you were so that he happy to get out. that, too. I was delighted. I pretended I had a friend that wanted one, too. So I got two. <laughs> I remember you were so happy to get that sticker. <sighs> now, listen to this telegram. Batman. First stop on the trail to me awaits at the door of the girl from the 48 states, signed the kangaroo. So this is a genuine mystery. So Well, Robin first of says, all, there's 50 states uh, already. Yeah, Robin says, 48 states? That's ridiculous. Everybody knows there are 50 states now. That's right. There should be two states more. Two states more. Say, isn't there a movie star in town named Tuesday Moore? She's, She's the, the girl. girl. And Jerry's going, oh, such terrific team thinking. Um... So, later at the Snobbish Arms Hotel... That's right. Miss Moore's staying with us, but I've been instructed not to divulge the number of her room to anyone. Sorry, Burton. Well, you'd be better off not to divulge that she's staying there. Mm, what if it's indeed. a nosy news hen like Lois Lane or mm. Iris West comes knocking? From the Gotham Tatler. Yes. Mm. Or picture news. Mm. Uh, now, Batman has an idea... He sees that telegram boy and says, ask if he can borrow his cap. And telegram boy says, sure. And here's a Batman button to go with it. <laughs> no, thanks. I have plenty of those, but I do appreciate the thought. So Batman just sticks that cap on and strolls right back up to the front desk. It is Batman costume. Telegram for Miss Moore. Sure, boy. She's in room 1248, but don't spread it around. <laughs> he goes, we're not a minute too soon. No, but on the other hand, we are a minute too late, because in the window, about to hop out, yes. is the kangarooman. With Miss Moore in his arms. Mm. I wonder if she's supposed to be Tuesday Weld, but Tuesday Weld was not a redhead, as this gal is. Mm. Don't, we'll never know. So, uh, only Batman can save her, she says. And Jerry says, don't worry, he will. Now, the kangaroo takes off with her in his kangaroo copter. Which is a very clever design. It's it very clever. Really looks it. like a kangaroo. It does. And uh, they escape. Batman sees nothing, or Robin sees nothing in the closet, even though we, the reader, can see. Oh, they're looking for clues as to where, yes. the, where, where they've gone next. On the other side of the door, it says, Meet me in Batman land. And then Jerry is looking at a chest, and on the top of the chest that he doesn't see, and inside the, of the, the, the lid, it says, I'm still waiting at Batman Land. And Renfrew pulls up an area rug, and it says, for crying out loud, Batman Land, hurry! Well, they still don't know where to go and look. But then they all see this painting, and they said, hey, that's a painting of Whistler's mother, but I've never seen it with a beard. That can only mean two things. The painting's a forgery, or it's Whistler's father. Ah, clever fiend. Okay, because Batman pulls the painting down and it says, This one I knew you'd find. See you at Batman Land. So off they go to Batman Land. Renfrew wants to drive, but Jerry Lewis no. says, Over my dead body. Yeah. And then something I loved this next panel. What Robin is doing that is so clever. So we mentioned before there's a like a submersible dome over the top of this Batmobile. Longtime Batman fans will know exactly what I'm talking about. And apparently there's a hole in the dome whereby Robin can stick his arm out and just grab Renfrew. So they don't have to put Renfrew inside the car because honestly Renfrew's probably crapped his pants by this point. <laughs> they can just drag him along on the outside. Indeed. And so they're just, he's just holding him out of the window. Yes. Meanwhile. Well, this story takes a turn, doesn't it? At the secret headquarters of a very exclusive 
Club. The American Society of Costume Villains. We see Ribbon, uh, Ribbon, Riddler, Penguin, and Joker uh, are assembling these villains. Fellow fine feathered felons, I, the Riddler, and your honored chairman, call this meeting to order. We will now have a report from our treasurer, the Penguin. Let's hear it for the Penguin. Boo. I do appreciate that the Penguin and the Joker in particular are drawn not as they would appear on the television show, as they have been appearing recently in Batman comics, but they are drawn in their very stylistic 1940s and 50s way, where the the Joker looks like he's just woken up, Mm -hmm. and Penguin has a big, long, pointy schnoz. (laughs) Penguin gets up to speak. Thank you for that rousing welcome, Brother Rat Finks. But I heard one man applaud. Watch out, he may be a police spy. And since I'm the HOA treasurer, may I read the next thing? Yes, please. The treasurer's report is simple. We spent $1,200 for new dry cleaning of costumes. Excuse me, for dry cleaning of costumes. $700 for new comedy material for the Joker. $3,000 for something for the Riddler. But he won't tell us what. He says we got a guess. Now, an emergency report from the Joker. <laughs> I have terrible news for all of you. Is that what the Joker sounds like? My mother. <laughs> the worst threat in the history of our society. <laughs> but let me show you some pictures first. Lights out, Mr. Freeze. You thought that photo of Jerry Lewis and Dean Martin was shocking? Google Cesar Romero and Desi Arnaz. Oh, okay, that's all right. This miserable excuse for a costumed villain is the kangaroo. It's the kangaroo. He's crashing through the roof. Well, he's on Lexaphone or film strip or something. Mm-hmm. He's only been around 24 hours, but the clumsy fool has already muffed 12 jobs. Bing. After, That's when you advance the yes. slide. Mm-hmm. After crashing through a skylight, he tried to climb over the wall of the Rucefeller mansion and almost drowned in a two-inch birdbath. That's no joke. You can drown in two inches of water. You can. Then he rented a store next to the Diamond Center and drilled a hole in the wall. The wrong wall! He broke into the jailhouse on the other side. Well, what an idiot. Meanwhile, at Batman Land. Batman Land. It's a whole amusement park dedicated to Batman. We should Batman Land. Batman Land. Batman Land. Yeah. Like Newfoundland. Uh, Now, someone in the car says he didn't know that this amusement park was open yet. And it turns out it isn't. Batman and Robin were supposed to dedicate it months ago, but they've been so busy saving fake Batman teams. And chasing down phony riddles. And giving judo lessons to Adam West. What? Yes. This world. So not only is there a television show about Batman and Robin that reveals their identities to the world, but Batman himself has to train the actor to do the stunts. Why doesn't he just be in the show himself and take all the profits? Right. Meanwhile, in the meantime, uh, Joker says that Kangaroo is giving a bad name to all the crooks. So he has worked out a plan to stop him. First, we all put on these kangaroo costumes. Then we'll each pull a job disguised as the kangaroo. He'll chase after us, meaning Batman. Um, We'll lure him to our hideout, which nobody realizes is right here in Batman's Batman's head. No, I think they're going to lure the kangaroo there. And bam. Oh, the kangaroo. Into the Are secret in headquarters. Head? Yeah, because that's a giant statue of Batman. Oh, I get it. Oh, they're inside the statue They're of inside the giant statue, like Neptimus, the mm-hmm. sea devil's... Understood. ...hideout. Meanwhile, in the meantime, and also simultaneously, <laughs> we see Batman, Robin, Jerry Lewis, and Renfrew inside Batman. Inside Batmanland, they've got mementos of their various cases. Uh, so there's, there's a giant whale. blue whale... Because in that case, crooks smuggled in cars in a whale's belly. They called it the Great Fish Story. And then they point to a, a hot dog. They said that commemorates the theft of the large meat packers payroll. The big baloney keeper. And here's a reminder of how we ransomed Mr. Fuller's champion bull from kidnappers. The one million dollar bull story. It's a giant statue of a bull. Here comes the kangaroo. They see him. Batman goes in full chase. He gets a nice kick to the kisser. Yes, he does. This kangaroo's getting away as Robin gives chase over the back of the blue whale. Jerry Lewis, so, so Robin gives chase to the back of the on the black of the back of the blue whale. Yeah. 
decides to climb up the, the back of the blue whale, Jerry turns on the water to make the kangaroo crook shoot up into the air through the blowhole of, yeah. the, of the whale. That seems like an excessive waste of water. It sure does. Well, it doesn't matter because Renfrew's an idiot and he's going to turn off the water and that kangaroo's going to plop down right on top of Robin's head. Well, Robin's not going to like that. No. Now, here comes another kangaroo, which Jerry sees... And he's starting to realize that these are not all the same kangaroo. No, 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 no. And there's all sorts of um, fighting and chicanery that goes on. There's, um, what is this? Uh, so one of them tries to attack Batman, but he does some judo flips and gets the kangaroo up. And he realizes, he pulls the mask off, and it is the, the Joker. Joker. And Robin pulls off the mask, and it is the Riddler. And Jerry Lewis gets in on the crime-fighting action and pulls off a mask. Pulls off a mask, and it is the, the Penguin. penguin. And, he, and he says, "I bet you were hoping it was Julie Newmar." <laughs> you bet I was. <laughs> Meanwhile, meantime, simultaneously, and even at that moment, here comes Tuesday Moore on the back of a motorcycle with the real the kangaroo, real kangaroo who has rescued her. Yes. Now and they've just come to Batman Land to have fun, to just enjoy themselves. Well, this is the height, the very climax the of the living story. End. So Batman is surrounded by kangaroo crooks that all have terrible killing weapons There's in their hands: guns, knives, bombs, a TNT bomb, an axe, an axe, a club, everything. Uh, and Joker has a Tommy gun. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, Batman and Robin and your two idiot friends. Well, that's the most honest words Joker's ever said. Mm -hmm. Prepare to die. Have you any last words? Jerry Lewis. Screams. Jerry Lewis does have one last word. Guess what it is? Help! And, you know, Joker will use that gun right on Jerry Lewis and okay. cut him up into little pieces. Suddenly, uh, all the kangaroos spring into the air. Yeah. And, and they don't, I mean, like, by some sort of crazy... Force. They're yes. all shot up into the air. And here comes the kangaroo, who we think is the kangaroo, who says, you can thank me for that. The real kangaroo. But how did you do it? Jerry Lewis knows the answer. So the real kangaroo takes off a mask and its costume and another mask and boom, who is it? I knew it. Jerry says it was witchcraft. But mm -hmm. why'd you do it, witchy? Why? To teach you a lesson. You said you could get along without me. She talks just like the Joker. <laughs> so I invented the kangaroo to prove you couldn't. Zania, my niece, helped me. There's cute little Zania in the way. Robin says, well, the joke's on us, but I'd like to teach somebody a lesson of my own. Yes, he would. I'll return your magic broom, Miss Craft. As for Renfrew, this is for turning off the whale spout and endangering my life. He's going to beat Renfrew within an inch of his life with that broom. With that broom, which is something your mother would have done. Uh, for sure. Mm -hmm. Remember when paddle balls were made with three-quarter inch plywood instead of thin plastic? Yeah, she got the big red paddle, right? Big red paddle right up on top of the fridge, and all she had to do was reach for it, and we'd scatter. Uh, now, you'd think after all of this, Jerry's gone through to rescue Renfrew, that he would intercede mm -hmm. while a stranger is beating his nephew to death. No. Well, it's beloved boy wonder. He laughs. Yeah. Beloved boy wonder... Beating Renfrew to death. The end. Does Boy Wonder have underpants of some kind? Yes, he's got green bikini briefs. Okay, green bikini You just can't see him under his red jerkin okay. there. Uh, he does not usually have calf-length boots like he does in this drawing. Okay. Well, that's it. That's the end of the story. I hate to admit this. I liked this story. I also hate to admit this. I dreaded dreaded reading a Jerry Lewis story. Yes. And I enjoyed this. I, I mean, I think a large reason is because there was not a lot of witchcraft in this mm -hmm. story. Mm -hmm. Even though she was present throughout. Yes. Now we know. Mm -hmm. But I also liked, first of all, I liked seeing that 50s Batmobile. That's one of my very favorite vehicles in the world. Mm. And I also liked... All the puns of all the new superheroes in town. Mm. Clever. The taped crusaders. Yeah, <laughs> that clever. still gets me. Something occurred to me today while I was cutting the lawn. Yes? 
I was thinking about, I was listening to this podcast on being nice to yourself or whatever. And it was on uh, one of the podcasts I listened to, Hidden Brain. Yeah. I was thinking about the fact that, you know, sometimes you when, when you get with someone in, 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 a, in a partnership, in, in, a, in a relationship, you think you can change them and you find out that there's really no nothing really that you should do to change a person, just try to help them be the best version of themselves. And honestly, I stopped and I thought about me and comics and how I've really come to learn to love comics. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, I, and, and I hope that my tension in this podcast still remains um, for because I have less tolerance than you do for stupid comics. <laughs> but I have to say that in many ways, over all these 30 years that we've been together, you have really helped me to become a better version of myself. And I just... Stop. Ah, gratitude when I thought about that. Like all the th- uh, adventures that we've had together in our lives, and the things that we've done that were far surpassed things that we had imagined for ourselves. That you are in large part to be credited for encouraging me to be a better person. You have a definitely a bigger heart than I do. That's for damn sure. Oh, that because my heart's enlarged. Um, also, <laughs> it's owing to my 30-year campaign to change you and make you love comics. <laughs> Who would have thought? Success! 20 years ago, when we had gone to the, the Baltimore Comic Con, yes. 20 years later, I would go in there and I'd say, after a while hanging out with you and Billy, I'd say, I'm going to go off on my own. Yeah, that was uh, literally shocking. And then me sending you a text saying, I, I need to stop. I, I've surpassed my allowance, but I'm still going to go looking. <laughs> and I came back with a bag of goodies. Did you titles. ever? I never would have thought that. No, 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 no. And other ways that I won't mention on, on the podcast relating to my career, uh, my, my, my ability to take on things is right. in large part to your kindness. And to my sitting around watching television while you work hard. No, you're welcome. no, you're just being a grounding force for me. So anyway. Well, who knows what the next 20 years will bring. God willing. And the crick don't rise. Mm-hmm. You can find us on social media at Go Go Check Pod. You can rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your free podcasts from. And you can find us right back here next week with what? Teen Titans. Oh, saw some great covers of Teen Titans yesterday at the. Comic-Con. I bet you did. <laughs> uh, that's all for now. And you know how we end the show. We say bye. bye.